Hello and welcome to Money Tips Daily. This is Money Kelly bringing you money tips to help you save and make more money. I'm actually reporting from the airport. I'm just about to leave America after my course and short break. Uh, So if there's a bit of background noise, I apologise for that. It's not my usual recording place. Now, a huge amount of British people's wealth is tied up in their homes, which is probably why we spend so much time talking about house prices. Now, the average house price in the UK rose by 5.2% from December 2016 to December 2017. That's around 0.4% each month uh, you know, throughout the year, throughout um, 2017. And the average cost of a home uh, is now 12,000 more than it was at the end of 2016. Now, growth obviously varies according to the region that you live in, and the highest area of the country was actually Scotland, which uh, had showed growth of 7%, while Northern Ireland was just around 4%, one of the lowest. Um, and that's, that's sort of literally by, by region. But it, you can even drill down further and find that some areas of the country have probably not risen very much at all. I mean, I found areas of, of the country in the north and the Midlands which had not risen very much in, in 10 years since the previous crash. So I wouldn't just go on these average prices, but it still is an indicator, and the indicator comes from Land Registry, which is the official government registry of, of land transactions. Now, the average house price now stands at 226000 across the country, with obviously London coming in at 484000 which is you know, nearly half a million pounds for an average home in London. Um, and, you know, so... And you, you might find parts of the country where you can buy a house for £25,000. Okay, so I think it shows that as an investor or for, for investors in property, property still represents a pretty good investment when you consider that you know your average rental yield can be around 5% or higher, depending on where you are. And you, know, you, you would have 5% rent based on the value of the property plus 5% growth. Now, landlords tend to, to be in this for the longer term, so you know they don't just look at oh I've made you know five percent this year. They're looking at their their income from the rent, but it's still an interesting uh, insight. Uh, now, although price prices rose for the year, I did report earlier that prices did drop back slightly in January 2018, and uh, so you've got to bear in mind that these are average figures, though. When we say properties, we mean across all properties. If you look at the figures on the Land Registry website, you can actually specify what types of property. Um, For instance, terrace houses fell the most. They fell quite sharply in January, whereas flats and masonettes uh, rose. And on the graph, it's almost a a mirror image. One is going up and one is going down almost at the same rate. So they, they create this little sort of diamond shape on the graph. Now, you can check all the house price index by just googling UK house prices or UK house price index in 2017 and then clicking on the official government land registry website which is a .gov.uk site and that they, they record the actual prices the rises and falls uh, based on completions now there are uh, indexes issued by building societies and banks for instance the Halifax is quite a well-known one the nationwide index and and they're based in there information on you know the mortgages that they do and, and the prices of property so you can look at all these I mean it, if you really want to know what's going on the, this is the place to go rather than just 
looking at the headline on the front of a, a newspaper saying house prices rose or house prices falling. You know, because when you look at it, you might say, well, hold on, they're not falling in my area or they're not falling for the type of properties that I own. Now, for the first-time buyers, um, you know, perhaps the only good news is that they did dip slightly in January, although flats did, did slightly go up, and that's where most first-time buyers start off is, is a flat. Um, obviously, the sooner you can buy a property, usually it benefits you because they're always going up faster than you can save money. You know, if you were trying to save a deposit in 2017, you would have found at the end of the year, you know, the average house price is, is around £12,000 more. You know, and not many people can save £1,000 a month. So the sooner you get on the, the property ladder, the better. Having said that, um, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen to prices. And I, I wouldn't take my word as you know, gospel that prices are going to continue to rise because we, we've seen in the past that they don't, automatically go up every year forever uh, I, I met a guy here at the at, at the course um, called Alex Chafin Chafin and he told a story which is very interesting in 2005 2006 7 he had a very successful business they sold the company for 250 million dollars um, I don't know if he got all of that but he got a fair chunk of it and then he retired for six months and got completely bored at the end of that six months and decided he wanted to do something different. So he saw that property was a good investment, so he got into property and started buying properties mainly in the in the Florida area. And you know, then in in a year, I think they did something like fifteen hundred transactions in one year on property. So they're putting all their money into properties which they felt was a safe investment. Now what happened then was that in 2008, you know, Lehman Brothers happened and the banks started to pull in. Some of them collapsed and some of them pulled their money in. Now, had he owned these properties with no mortgages, he wouldn't have had a problem. But obviously what he'd done is borrow and leverage or use leverage to buy more. So in other words, if you've got a million pounds and you, you, know, you could buy, say, five properties, well, if you borrowed 50% against those properties and took a mortgage of 50%, you could buy 10 properties. You know, if you got a 75% mortgage, you could probably buy 15 properties. So I'm just working out, you know, just showing you the math slightly. So the idea is that in those days, people would borrow as much as they could to acquire more properties, which makes sense in a rising market. And, you know, th this guy was not behind with any mortgages. He wasn't in trouble. Uh, the, he had no problems, but the bank had a problem in that they wanted their money back. And they started saying, well, we want our money back. And of course, he couldn't give them their money back. And this all happened in a, you know, in a very short space of time. And basically, he, he, he was wiped out. Um, he, he became bankrupt um, and you know, just sort of lost everything. He even had to, the, the, the trustee or the receiver even asked him to go and value his wife's uh, wedding ring as, as an asset, you know, and, and that must have been a real gut-wrenching thing for someone who was so successful and you know, built up a, a proper business, sold for hundreds of millions of dollars, and then to lose it all by, by investing in property. Um, well, let's, let's examine that. He didn't lose it all by investing in property because those properties have come back up in price since then. Uh, several mistakes he made was, or well, one, he went into too much leverage, he borrowed too much against those properties and he didn't need to because he had cash. Secondly, he invested 
you know, nearly all of his money into one asset, which, which was, you know, obviously it doesn't show that make any sense when you don't diversify. You've got this capital, you know, he didn't really need to keep multiplying it and multiplying it. He could have spread it around, gone for safer bets uh, instead of going in so aggressively and, and leveraging. Thirdly, he, he bought all the property in one area of the country, which he laughs now. He said this, this was the area in part of Florida which was, was going down the most. Uh, it was the area that showed a boom when he was buying, but it dropped by the most on the way down. Um, once again, you know, when, when the banks get into trouble, it, it, you should realise that they do have the uh, option to call in their loan. Call in means we want our money back. Now, they very rarely do this on the residential mortgage unless you are in arrears, but for, for investment purposes, they can. They can just say, look, we, we, we're overexposed, you're overexposed, and we want our money back. And, and many people in the UK were similarly wiped out during this phase. And you know, you might think, well, I've got, a, I only owe, say, 80% on the value of this property. But to the banks, they might say, well, no, we'd be more comfortable if you owed 60%, not 80%. And the reason for that is that if they ever had to repossess a property, they uh, could easily get their money back if the property was auctioned off in, in a quick sort of fire sale. So we look at the value of our property based on the guy who sold down the road. The banks look at it as a forced sale value and they ask the surveyors to, to give them that figure when they do a survey. So they look at what could we get for that property in a hurry. It's like your assets. If you had to go down to a pawn shop and you know, pawn your Rolex watch, you know, you're not gonna get the full retail value. That's like a, a price you'll get would be substantially below the real value if, if you hadn't needed to sell it in a hurry. So uh, I think that's all I can say about property at the moment. I, I'd say property is still a good investment. I, I still invest in property. I've got no problems with it, but don't overexpose yourself. And if you've got capital already and you're, you're, you, know, you don't need to keep multiplying your capital, do spread your investments around. Don't put all it into one asset. Well, that's all for now. Uh, next time I speak to you, I'll be back in the UK.